Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Oh, Suns basketball is back tonight. Thank goodness, finally. You this missed week. it, huh? You I, missed well, it. Well, it's just, yeah. let's go, all right? Like, like this whole week, it's like, well, we've got 27 mm. games left, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. Tonight, it's going to happen. Mm. They're playing the Dallas Mavericks, and it's a big game. I'm looking forward to it. It's like your it. wife being away for a week, you know, on a business trip or something, and you're like, they go, oh, this is going to be great. And then you're like, I right, just get home. <laughs> Yes, it's, it's something Let's like go. that. Yeah. You know, the first couple this days, this is going to be like, great. Yes. Yeah, this, this is awesome. Um, oh. I, you know, I've, I've got the Girl Scout cookies in the oh. fridge, and, and I'm just sitting there watching whatever, whatever I want. Whatever I want to watch. Myself. And then yeah. by, the, by the third night, you're just like, man, it's quiet okay. around yeah. here. It's kind of boring. Yeah, you know what yeah. it is. It's I'm ex- tired of feeding the dogs and cleaning my own dishes and having to make my own dinner. <laughs> no, see, that's where Making my own bed. No, that's where you went wrong. Shopping for my own food. I miss my wife because of the company, not because of the things she does for me. You're such a missing. I, you, I would have that you, too. You're such a poor married person. You, you just, I just don't know if you, those are not the things to say. You're, you're not, I, I worry sometimes you're not really good at the married person thing. Oh, really? I, I miss somebody to clean up after me. Well, I just no, I miss, not I all miss of it. it. I, I hey, miss listen, somebody I to make dishes. No, those are all the things, I do the dishes those are on all a regular the things you just said, man. I really miss somebody feeding the dogs, so I don't have just, to. Yeah, just like I miss all somebody the doing that the dishes, up. Like, so I totally I don't miss you. To. You need to get home. You're a bad married person. You're bad. I'm actually pretty good at it. Uh, I don't know. I think you're pretty bad at it. I, I think if those are the things you miss about your wife when she's out of town, I, I, I no, I miss I, a lot more too. Yeah. You sure? Save myself here. You should. <laughs> inject. 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 Start the show you know over, what? Jamal. Ma- Monty Austin Ford is here to save you. Hit the hit the sounder thing there. Quick, Jamal. Hurry. Burns and Gambo. The way in. Before he says something else. By. Revitalize weight loss. Really stupid. Um, Monty Austin Ford, part of Newsmakers Week, was on this morning with the Bickley and Murata show. And look, like every general manager, right, he plays the game. He's he's not gonna he's gonna hold his cards pretty close to the vest and he's not gonna let you in on a lot of it, right? But for the first time we got a little bit of kind of a clue in terms of what this team might do at the draft. And I think and we'll just kinda run through this and react. Sound good? Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, Monty Austin Ford, uh, general manager of the Cardinals, uh, said, was asked specifically about the three wide receivers near the top of the draft. Of course, Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, and obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. And he was not going there in terms of specifics. We look at every position in the draft, and we're going to um, we're we're in the middle of that process right now, and we'll get more time to spend with those guys and and all the players at the combine next week. I'm really excited for that week. Um, um, but what we're gonna, you know, what we're gonna do is we're gonna evaluate the entirety of the draft, and we're gonna make the best decision when it comes to that pick. Whether that's, you know, I think we showed last year, you know, our propensity is to, when that phone rings, we're gonna listen, mm-hmm. and so it, we're gonna have an opportunity to sit there and and pick who we deem to be the the you know worthy of the fourth pick, or you know we're gonna and if the phone rings and somebody's got an offer for us to move up to move back, like those are all things that we're gonna consider. 
Yeah, he's definitely not saying we're going to stay here. We're going to take the best available player because, you know, we want to get the best player. He's we're going to listen. I mean, if we have a chance to trade the pick, we'll trade the pick. He's obviously not going to give you anything and give anybody anything on who they're going to take it for. If they stay at four, they're not going to let that be known right now. And they don't know how the draft is going to play out. So they can't, you know, commit to anything. They're not going, nor should they, nor should Bonnie Osenford came in and say, oh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Phew, that's the guy. If he's there, we're drunk. We're, we're running to the podium with that pick. We're, you know, he's not going to do that. He's got to keep. You know, his cards on the table and he's got to see what's available to him. And he basically said, listen, look what we did last year. You know, we are very open to having conversations with teams about trading. Yeah, here's more on the three wide receivers. But again, he really skirted around it. Yeah, I mean, I think all three of those guys are very talented players, you know, and I think, um, you know, we're sitting there at four. Um, you know, obviously it's not that it, we don't like being at four, right? We don't mm-hmm. want to be at four again. And unfortunately, uh, we're at four this year, but that also provides opportunities, right? And so, you know, we're going to sit there and and we're going to, whether it's a wide receiver, who those three guys that you mentioned are all three very talented players, there's no question. Yeah, he's still, you know, he's leaving his options open as you would fully expect. And, and you're right, we're we're not even in the combine yet. If you think for a second these decisions have been made. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure they're talking about hypotheticals right now. You know, if X, Y, and Z happens, then what do we do? If A, B, and C happens, then what do we do? You know, what what might we be looking at in different kind of, kind of like you and I talk about all the yeah. time. You know, do quarterbacks go one, two, three? Then what? Does Marvin Harrison Jr. go number three to the Patriots? Then what? What I'm sure Monty, somewhere in the back of his mind, has kind of a general idea of what he might want to do, but he's certainly not going to spill that on February 22nd when the draft is still two months away. No, this because there's a lot more evaluating to do, right? There's a lot more evaluating to do. You got to do these interviews with the kids. Yep. So you don't want to commit to anything. You're not going to commit to anything now in February. You got to, you know, you got to just see what, what's available. Listen, you may think you would like this player at number four right now. And then, you know, six weeks from now, you might be like, you know what? I like this guy better because of what the information you're able to gather in that time frame. Yeah, um, as far as free agency, which opens in just a couple of weeks. This offseason has been, you know, it's been, it's been refreshing since, you know, last year was such a whirlwind. You know, everything was new, and um, I had really been here for about a month last year, and we were a couple weeks into having JG on board, and so, you know, we were trying to play catch-up, and we were, you know, trying to implement processes, and so this year, you know, really the timeline of everything that we've been doing has been in place. So, you know, last week we had a week of our out-of-town scouts were in and we had our week of draft meetings this week um, this morning actually I'm going to go in we're going to finish up unrestricted free agency meeting with, with the coaches next week we'll be in Indianapolis so you know our processes and timelines are now laid out in the order that they should be it should be laid out in and so you know we have there's a couple there's multiple different times during the year for roster construction and times to improve our roster and two of the biggest are coming up here in the next couple months first with free agency and second with the draft but he made very clear the draft is way more important. Ultimately, the the draft has got to be where we build and where this team forms the foundation of what we're going to be moving forward. It's it's the the place where we get the most swings at it, and we we get to pick and choose the players that we want. Yeah, he, he go ahead. The, yeah, go. I love to get the most swings. I want more swings, and on the free agency, as I've been saying all along. There's a number out there that they've got all this cap space. But when you factor in the rookie pool, when you factor in signing your own free agents, the money you've got to keep for injured reserve, that that number gets cut by more than in half, okay, by more than half. Um, so they're not going to spend 
15, 18, $20 million on one player. They're not there. They're not one player away. So that is very unlikely to happen. What they're likely going to do is try to identify three or four players that they could, you know, they can get that are good football players that aren't going to be overpaid and go add them to the mix. He spoke very cautiously about free agency. Uh, we're going to be active. This is a quote. What does that mean? I can't spell that out for you right now. I don't know what that means because we don't have control of that. There's a market and there's players we think that are going to be available right now that two weeks from now are not going to be available. Free agency is full of unknowns. And in that respect, you know, there's dangers in free agency. And he even went on to say that you overpay in free agency. You spend too much money in free agency. And so he, you know, they're going to spend they, they can't go another offseason and not spend. I think we all expect that they need to spend their money to improve the team. But he cautioned very much on kind of the dangers and the pitfalls of spe- of counting on free agency as some great avenue in which you're going to rebuild your team. He was very cautious about that Yeah, today. this organization, like many organizations, have made big mistakes in free agency, yes. you know, in the past. And sometimes signing out of a three or $30 million contract, he doesn't give you anything, you know, like that. That, that defensive lineman, it was in Buffalo. Like that, you know, it, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to waste all that money on one player thinking he's going to deliver, and he doesn't. The nature of free agency, you end up overpaying. That's how it works. It's full of mistakes. Close quote. And I, I just think that's a a caution for all of us, Cardinal fans, Cardinal media, the Cardinals themselves. The quick fixes that you think having you talk about all that cap space that you kind of have, but you kind of don't have. To think that all the solutions lie within that number is probably a mistake if you're a Cardinals Which fan. Which is why the draft is, you know, I always look at Denny Green and the drafts that he had, especially that one draft. And, you know, there are a couple of good ones in a row. And that's how you build a winning football team. You know, you have successful drafts. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is great. Look what they did defensively. Yeah. Look at all the players they got rid of from a few years ago. Even the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. And look at what they were able to do defensively through the draft to address the needs they had on defense. All right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, like your partner who's been out of town for the last week, they're finally back in town tonight. We get to reacquaint ourselves with the Phoenix Suns starting tonight. That's one of the biggest games of the season, and we'll tell you why next on the Burns and Gambo show. Hey, it's Wolf. There's no question that the Phoenix Suns have one of the hardest remaining schedules. So did they pass their first test against the Mavericks? We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Uh, just keep getting better, keep trusting each other and building the chemistry. Um, it's our first real year together. We just made some trades at the deadline, so getting the new guys acquainted and so far so good. So you know, I'm happy with where we're at. Devin Booker talking with the media as the Suns get ready for the final the final countdown. Somebody cue Europe in the Geico commercial and see if we can get a burrito in the microplace. It's the final countdown. 27 games to go for Can you name one of the song they sang? Huh? I cannot name one of the song they sang. Europe? Europe. Other than the final countdown? Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, if I were Vince Murata, I could. But I am not Vince Murata. I cannot Murata, name so one of the song. <laughs> I can't, I can't, That's the only one I don't know. I, I know there's another one. 
Yeah. Like some sort of power ballad, some sort of power ballad. Yeah. But I can't remember how it goes, and I can't remember what it sounds see? like. Yeah, one hit wonders. But, well, I mean, I, we'll we'll see about that. Maybe we'll go see the search the Billboard charts and see if they had another one for the Suns. It is the final countdown. Twenty seven games to go for everybody. It's the final countdown, and for the Phoenix Suns, a big one right out of the shoots. The last matchup of the year against the Dallas Mavericks. The game to determine the tiebreaker if it comes down to that between the Phoenix Suns and the. Dallas Mavericks. It very well might. Two teams that are just smoking hot right now. Suns have one of the best records overall in the NBA since Christmas. The Dallas Mavericks have won six straight. Both teams were active at the deadline. Both teams, well, at least the Suns, were active in the buyout market. They've reconstructed their roster a little bit. Let's go. I, I, I'm excited about tonight's game because I want this journey to start. I want to see where it goes. Yeah, for Dallas, they've won six games in a row. They beat Philly. They beat Brooklyn, New York. They had a big win against Oklahoma City. That's probably their best one. They beat them up pretty good. They've got this gauntlet going on. They're going to play Phoenix at home, and then they're going to go on their road for the next four games. So they look at their next six. They say Phoenix, Indiana, Cleveland, Toronto, Boston, Philly, and then Indiana again. So you look at that gauntlet, and that's a tough one. So this is a challenging time for them. The Mavericks are going to play Phoenix, Indiana, Cleveland, Toronto, Boston, Philly, Indiana. After that, their schedule is going to get a little bit easier. So they're going to play five playoff teams in their next six matchups, and each game will be in a different arena So with the road trip. When they have 21 games left, um, they, their schedule is going to get a lot easier because, you know, those teams aren't very good. So their schedule is good. But this is a tough stretch for them. What a lot of people like about the Mavericks is just their additions. Gafford and P.J. Washington uh, have been very good for them. They've given them size. They've given them options in the front court that they just didn't have before. So it should be an interesting matchup between Dallas and Phoenix tonight. I mean, yeah, to the point where uh, one publication, and I'm not sure who, suggested that Jason Kidd was a big winner in the NBA trade deadline just because as the coach, now he's got many different options and other things that he can employ. And I'll be curious to see how big it, just like I'll be curious to see See the continued addition of Royce O'Neal and Thad Young, who we had on the show yesterday, how they continue to kind of evolve the Phoenix Suns. Gafford and P.J. Washington are big additions, potentially, you know, certainly down low in the paint. How does that change how tough it is to play the Dallas Mavericks? It, it, it's the, I, I love this matchup because both of these teams have kind of reinvented themselves to a certain extent and really get to put it out on display tonight in what's a huge matchup in the West. And Kyrie Irving did not play the last time these two teams met, so there was no Kyrie. Dallas has had a lot of injuries this year. They seem to be more healthy, and now you're right. You know, Jason Kidd now has some options defensively that he didn't have before. This was a team that was really struggling to close out games, that was struggling to rebound, they were struggling defensively. And adding these players really gives them, you know, P.J. Washington's a good defensive player. Some people think he's already at Dallas's best defensive, <laughs> defensive player ever since he got here. So, you know, that's really helped. And then Gafford's a big guy that can rebound the basketball, block shots. So just different options for Dallas that they didn't have before. Of course, they're all in with Luka. Yeah, Tim Legler today thinks the Mavs are good enough they can make a run to the conference finals if they want it. You have Dallas, which I think is, they're really going to open some eyes, I think, here really? in the last 25 games. Yes, Dallas looks really? scary to me. Mm-hmm. with the two, Those two acquisitions were not talked about, trading deadline, right? Gafford and P.J. Washington. They now can go the entire game with a legitimate 6'10 and up 
athletic big with Lively or Gafford. They don't have to go small lineups where they're playing an undersized guy at the five with Powell or Cleva. They've got a legitimate shot-blocking, rim-running center on the floor at all times. And P.J. Washington is just a better fit, a little bit more of a complete player than Grant Williams. So they upgraded both spots. Kyrie looks energized right now. I know, look, I know those, we know how Kyrie is. That could go away at some point. But right now, <laughs> they look scary to me as a team that could legitimately make a run all the way to the conference finals. I'm not laughing about Dallas being scary. I'm laughing about the line about Kyrie. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, because P.J. can guard on the perimeter. So P.J. Washington gives you a guy that, can, you know, one you know, of those shutdown wing type players. You know, so that's, you know, he can guard some of those other wings. He's got big. He's got some length to him. Not going to score a whole lot of points for you, but he's going to do a lot of those, the dirty, kind of like almost like a Royce O'Neal. He's going to do a lot of the things that go unnoticed in a basketball game to help you win. Yeah. As far as the Phoenix Suns are concerned, obviously, we know that, you know, they're 14 and four over their last 18 games. They've played a much better brand of basketball basically since the Christmas Day loss, and that includes a big win over Dallas. Uh, we think Bradley Beal is good to go tonight. We don't know for sure. Last I looked, he was listed as questionable. I see you jumping on your I'll phone right now out. doing the Gambo thing. Um, so we expect, as long as Beal is ready to go, should be a full boat for the Phoenix Suns tonight. One other thing to keep in mind with this Dallas Mavericks team, too, is how they shoot the three ball. And I saw a stat today on NBA.com that kind of, I think, really highlights what you're talking about with the Mavs tonight. They have the biggest differential when they shoot league average or better from three as opposed to when they don't. So when they're making league average or better from the three-point line, they've got this great record. When they're not shooting league average or worse from three, they've got this huge disparity. So basically, they are the classic live-and-die-from-the-three-point-line team. When they're on, they're really hard to beat. When they're not, they're really easy to beat. And the gap is the biggest between those two of any team. And we haven't even mentioned the year that Luka Doncic has happened this season. No, we haven't. We haven't even mentioned that, and we're getting towards the end of the segment. Yeah. Because he's having a MVP type of season. Never won an MVP award. Luka's never won one. He's you know been in that top five and stuff like that. But you look at the year he's having, um, and a lot of people are saying, okay, he's tried to get better defensively. It's always been a weakness for him, but he's trying to get better defensively. But his off- offensive numbers are just crazy good. Yeah, they are. No, he, he is, I would say, in the top probably three or four right now in the MVP voting. If it were to end today, I would think he certainly would have a shot at it with how he's played a lot depends on how they end. And, and you know, again, tiebreakers matter. Tiebreakers are very poor. There are going to be a lot of games over these next 27 where we're going to have this tiebreaker conversation, right? Whether it's against New Orleans, whether against Sacramento, whether it's against Dallas, right? Whether it's against any of those teams that the Suns are kind of bunched up with. It's very possible that the winner of tonight's game stays out of the play-in tournament and the loser falls into the play-in tournament if they end up tied. And the, the, tonight's game could be the difference between being 6th or 7th in the Western Conference. You know, could be. I, I, could be. I, I agree with you because I, I thought about that with the, with the Golden State game when they lost that Golden State game. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a tough loss. That's a tough loss. You wanted that one. You wanted that one. Yeah. The Golden State game before the break. Yeah, it's right. Like, okay, I don't like giving that one away. You don't want to give this one away. Same you, thing. With you, the, you don't want to give this one away. Same thing with the Sacramento game. 
Sacramento would have. Now, I don't think I think Sacramento's a bad matchup for, or it's, I think Sacramento's a good matchup for the Suns. But you don't want to go giving away tiebreakers. Had they lost to the Kings, the Kings would have had the tiebreaker over the Phoenix Suns, and you got that stuff. That's why when Frank Vogel was talking the other day on Newsmakers with Bickley and Murata, he was talking about some of these games having playoff type intensity. I think tonight's game is going to have a playoff type intensity. Yeah, because it's going to matter. It is going to matter. Listen, they, they, they're going to lose games. They're not going to win all the games they're going to play. But every time they lose a game, we are going to look at it like, okay, your chances of catching any of the top three and maybe even four teams in the West get really diminished with every loss. By the way, real quick, Sham yeah. Sharani, I just tweeted out moments ago, the NBA is suspending Pistons center Isaiah Stewart. Let's see the video. For three games after his altercation with Drew Eubanks. So yeah. apparently... I'm guessing the NBA has seen the video. They've seen the video. Now we got to see the video. <laughs> I'm guessing the NBA has seen it. Now we would like to see I it. Wanna see, I want to see that video. Well, we've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. We would always encourage you to listen to Diamondback Games here on Arizona Sports. Should you decide to watch them on TV, well... Today we found out exactly how that's going to work. Gambo broke the news. We'll tell you how it's going to work next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Vince Murata. Join us Friday as we wrap up a busy Newsmakers Week 2024. Lots more guests, including a visit with Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell. Starts at 6 here on Arizona Sports. There's always been this kind of curtain of uncertainty how this was going to work. With Bally Sports Arizona, when they when they went under, when they declared bankruptcy, when their parent company declared bankruptcy, because obviously there's there's such a we watch so many things on that network, you know, that are very important to us, and everyone's trying to figure out how do I watch, how do I watch, how do I watch. It happened in the middle of everything. We saw how the Suns pivoted, how successful they were. Sure, we were kind of wondering what was going to happen with the Arizona Diamondbacks. We saw them have to pivot mid-season last year, and after a few weeks of speculation and trying to figure out exactly how it was going to work. Today, we figured out exactly how it's going to work, and it's going to work exactly as it did last year. If you're a Diamondback fan and you want to watch the TV. Yeah, they're going to go. Now, they looked at the over-the-air opportunity to be over-the-air, kind of like what the Suns did. It was something that they looked at, and I think that something down the road, I think you may see that. I think that's a model that the Diamondbacks are interested in. But what was best for them this year was to go back to the to MLB media. That was the their, that was their best move was to go back to MLB media. It was announced um, last July was July 18th. Major League Baseball to produce and distribute Arizona Diamondback games starting today. Um, new arrangement increases the reach by 4.7 million homes and removes blackouts in Diamondbacks territory. I know a lot of the fan base did like that part of it. Yes. So you reach more people. 4.7 million more homes available to you uh, on this route. And, you know, there's no more blackouts. You don't have to worry about a blackout. A lot of people would always be pissed with those blackouts. Me and you heard from them all the time all when the a time. game was, you know, blocked out. So, you know, fans in the market, you can watch the games, you know, whether you Cox or DirecTV or, you know, any of the options. You, you have the ability to watch the games. 
They were available on MLB.com and DBacks.com for a while. So, but I do think eventually they will move to an o- o- an OTA, an over the air product. Yeah, which and of course that was the one that the Phoenix Suns famously, you know, sent out all the antennas. Anybody who wanted one, and the Suns would gladly mail you one or send you one, so you could hook it up to the back of your TV, old school style, and watch the Suns that way if you wanted. I think I saw a story from our friends Brightside that um, Suns ratings are up like ninety four percent since Matt Ishbia took over. I'm sure a lot of that is because of the free element. Um, as it stands right now, and this is currently as it stands right now, um, you can sign up for the D-Backs TV package for basically 100 bucks for the season. Uh, if you want to tie that into the giant package of all the MLB games, you can sign up for $200 for a one-time fee to be able to watch the Diamondbacks whenever you want and all the other teams whenever you want. As far as... Options if you have, say, like DirecTV or Cox or DirecTV or streaming or things like that. Yeah, Comcast, Infinity, Spectrum, all those options. They, they have not announced that as of right now. They sent out a tweet earlier today in which they said linear channels will be provided at a later date. Okay. So there's nothing in the release about, you know, because I would watch Diamondback games on my DirecTV stream. Yeah, which right? last year was channel 686, I think, for you. Yeah. For me on Cox, it was Phoenix Channel 4. Um, they, they, those were, you know, it, it, there's a full list of providers that they will announce and give to you so you know where to watch the game. That was not part of today's announcement. But via a tweet that I'm looking at right now, linear channels will be provided at a later date. So hopefully that announcement is coming at some point. You'll be able to, you know, if that's how you watched it last year, that's how you can watch it this year. I will say this. um, The broadcast, when they switched the broadcast last year, July 18th, it was pretty seamless. Oh, yeah. Like, because they weren't the first to do it. The Padres were the first. But when they did it, it was pretty seamless. You really didn't notice a difference in how the game was broadcast to you as a fan. I mean, like nerds like me, I noticed a couple of things, but they were better. I mean, they they, they were they were up. They were better camera angles. There were more camera angles. I thought the graphics were better. I thought the overall experience of watching a D backs game was just kind of a cleaner, better broad. But again. I really, really, really nerd out and pay attention to stuff like that, you know? Um, and so I don't know if most fans would notice those things. Uh, but I, I, I noticed a few differences, but I thought it was I thought it was better because of the different angles and the different graphics that they offered. Yeah, listen, it, there was a time when, I mean, I, for, the, for the first two weeks after, you know, the games left, I kept going to channel, I think it was like channel 34 or 35 for me. I don't do it anymore. But, you know, with that Bally Sports Arizona, because everything was on it. I mean, you had three major teams that were on that channel, but it didn't work out. And there's a new model. The Suns models worked out really well for them. Again, I think the D-backs will eventually look at OTA in, in the future. Um, but I think right now, because uh, they looked at OTA and RSN and a combination of both, uh, but lifting the blackout streaming, that was a big deal to them to not have any of the games blacked out. And this financially, this is probably the best option for them, too. I don't want to not say that, but I think financially, probably, this yeah. is probably a better option than them being over the air. All right. As far as the team itself. Yeah, we can already tell there's there's a little bit different of an energy. Um, and I think that's cool. I think, um, you know, you hear a lot about the same teams over and over again, and, and it's it, it's cool. and. When a team like us, you know, or a team like the Rangers comes on the scene and, and it seems like they're going to be able to have some sustained, sustained, sustained success. And, um, 
Yeah, it's exciting, man. It, it, it makes you buy into how good we actually are. That's Christian Walker, who was on with Wolf and Luke a couple of days ago, talking about the state of the team. They have their spring training opener tomorrow. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is getting the start. I'm sure he'll only throw an inning or two as they're going to build up his arm strength. Um, we've got the final list in front of us. The top 100 players in Major League Baseball is revealed by MLB Network. How we many did they get on there? Uh, they got one, two, three, four, five. They left off a name that's going to piss you off. <laughs> Just know it's going to piss you off that they left a certain okay. guy off. Let's go over okay. it. Okay. Gabriel Moreno, number 94. Okay. Cattell Marte, number 65. Okay. Christian Walker, number 58. Interesting. Zach Gallen, number 31. Yep. Corbin Carroll, number 18. Where's Merrill Kelly? There you go. Where the hell's Merrill Kelly? There you go. Come on. Where is the respect for Merrill Kelly? Here goes Mount Gambo. Here goes the shouting and the screaming. Seriously. And the and all I that mean, come stuff. on. Are you kidding me? How do you not respect Merrill Kelly? The guy was the guy's lights out. He was a money pitcher for them in the postseason. Yeah, I don't get. Like, I don't get it. It's a slap in the face to one of the. And he, it's twelve and eight last year. Three point two nine ERA. Hundred eighty seven strikeouts. Six in the third innings. No runs against the Dodgers. Turning my headphone volume down right now. Five innings. One yeah. run against the Phillies. Yeah. Seven, the, the one game that Diamondbacks won in the World Series, Merrill Kelly, seven innings, one run. You kidding me? Guy had an ERA in the postseason. He pitched in four postseason games, had an ERA of 2.25. How do you not respect Merrill Kelly as a top 100 player in this game? <laughs> I knew you were going to freak ridiculous. out about that. I knew no, really, it's I, ridiculous. I knew you were going to freak out about it's, that. It's, it's stupid. It's um, stupid. I'm also a little surprised, honestly, and maybe it's just... I don't know, maybe it's recency bias. I'm kind of surprised Cattell Marte was only 65th. I would have great year last I would have thought he would have been a little bit higher after the year. I'm not going to get on my yell and scream box like you are, but I'm a little surprised that Christian Walker was ahead of Cattell Marte. Like, I, yeah. I like Christian Walker. I think he's a good player. He's a really good player. I'm kind of surprised that in their eyes, Cattell Marte was a lesser player than Christian Walker. I, I, you know, and he had a couple of years, like the year before he hit 240, you know, and he had 12 home runs. You're like, ah, oh, Cattell, he's not worth 25 homers, 82 RBIs. He, he had, had 276. Year. I mean, year. he had a great year. He had a great bounce back year. Yeah, he had a great year. He was a well, and you talk about postseason contributions and the hit streak and everything he meant to the Diamondbacks oh in the run of the God, World Series. Three, I know. It, 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 he hit 329 in the postseason for them. He made the list. So, you know, there's it's not like the, the get on your box and yell disrespect the way Gambo is about Merrill Kelly. I'm just surprised he's kind of as low as he was. I, I agree with that. you. Yeah. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show as the Suns get themselves ready to take on the Mavs tonight and play the last 27 games of the season. Somebody posed an interesting thought today about the Suns. Are they the last big three team we're going to see? The last of a dying breed? In this CBA era. The last of a dying. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know social poll. Presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Lauren is here with us. She has our social media poll question of the day. I took a quick glance at it. I like it. It's good. I'm curious to see what the people have to say about it. Lauren, take it away. The morning show has Newsmakers Week this week. So in honor of that, they had Arizona Cardinals GM Monty Austin Ford on today. And he talked about the Cardinals draft philosophy heading into this draft. So that's what this question is based off of. If the Arizona Cardinals were to trade back from number four in the draft, how far back would you be comfortable with them falling? You've got some options. 
five or six, seven or eight, nine or ten, or ten or lower? I'm going to vote for ten or lower because I still think I'm comfortable with them going to twelve or thirteen. Wouldn't be my preference, but am I comfortable with it? Yeah, because I think they're going to get a crap ton in return if they go down that far. A crap ton in return. I'd be comfortable with 10 or lower, but not too much lower. Not too much lower. Like, if you had said 15 or lower, I would have, no, not that far. 10 or lower, yes. Uh, what's Atlanta, at 8? Atlanta's at 8. Okay, I'll say 7 to 8. Okay. I, I like that spot because I really feel like I'll get one of the top two offensive linemen there. If I get to 10, I might not get one of the top two offensive linemen. Okay. Fair. So I'm going to go 7-8. Seven, 7-8. Eight. Seven, eight. Gamble, you're really in sync with our audience. But Am we, I? Are, we already knew that, though. 45% of our audience is saying 7-8. to eight. 20% 5-6. 20% 9-10. And 15% with you, Bernsey, 10 or lower. Shock one up for the extroverts. Yeah, you, uh, you hear that out there, people? Mm-hmm. Gamble right now has his finger on your pulse. Mm-hmm. Ew. That's be worrisome for them. Ew. As a fellow extrovert, I'm not sure I like this conversation. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Are you an extrovert? I am an extrovert. You're very yes. outgoing. Yes. Being around people charges your batteries. Like you feel like you feel energized when you're around a bunch of people and you're at a big party and things like that. Yeah. I'm not like a super extrovert. Like I don't need that in my life, but I am an extrovert. You like that? Yeah. 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 You like that? I'm an introvert. I'm a very yes. I didn't you know. I didn't you really learned know that, that about, about me the other day? Yes. Uh, I, 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 I I'm an introvert who has an extrovert's job. Um, but it, in it, but I am very much. When we're done here, oh yeah, uh, we're we're done. We're done. Go home. Get a little alone time. It's a little like quiet you, time. Little little. It's like you hate the sight of blood, but you're a surgeon. That <laughs> would kind of make it problematic. Yeah, but I, I it's there are a few of us out there who do this. That's for sure. All right, thanks, Lauren. Appreciate that. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo X page. One word at Burns and Gambo is where you can find it. Is R the Phoenix Suns, a referendum on a big three working because it's the last big three we're going to see for a while. That was kind of the theory that was thrown out there in a story I was reading today on theathletic.com in which they did like, um, let's check in with every single team in the West before the stretch run. Okay. And they had a little note on Minnesota. They had a little note on everybody. Every single team they had a note on. On the Phoenix Suns, they wrote this. This might be the last version of a vaunted super team big three that we see put together in this current CBA. The Suns could keep elitism alive. And what they mean by that last part was like if this, if this works and the Suns win a championship with their big three, other teams might follow their lead, even though this new CBA is very much built for it to punish you for building yeah, a roster yeah. like this. Oh, they'll be punished. Oh, yeah, they're going to be punished. They'll be punished. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, you wait till the offseason when there's not much for them to do. They're going to be right. punished. Yeah, they can't add uh, money to, to to deals. You can't aggregate salaries in deals. You, nope. you're, you're, you're limited in what you can do in the buyout market. Yeah, there's, you're very limited in what you can do in free agency. Very. You can't really do Yeah, there's a lot of limits to them. Do I think this will be the last time? No, I just... No, I just think, say what you want, but man, it's, even if they don't win, 
three stars on one team, it brings people out. You pack your building. Your ratings are great on TV. Selling out all your games. Just the, the belief that you can win it all because you've got those guys is something that I think is going to always attract owners to get a star player to try to win to see if it, it will it will work. Like if the Suns fail in this experiment of three guys making almost all the money, mm-hmm. or are the teams going to be like, oh, I'll never do that, we'll never do No, I think eventually you'll figure out ways to kind of make it work. You're limited. Your depth suffers. But I still think there's a lot of a lot of teams out there, GMs included, that be like, I'd rather have, you win with stars in this league. You win with stars. And so if you've got more stars, you probably think you have a better chance of winning. I don't think anybody ever said that. How do you win? We're going to win with depth. We're going to win because our bench is going to be better than everybody else's bench. <laughs> well, what about you? Well, when our starters are not as good as anybody else's, but our bench is good. We invested all of our money in the bench. Like nobody wins like that. No, it's in this league, it's hard to win like that. I mean, ideally, you have both. I think that's why we're both so afraid of the Clippers is because they have a big three and they have incredible depth. They kind of have it all right now. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping with the, with the moves they made between Royce O'Neal and Thaddeus Young that the Suns kind of offer the same thing, that the Suns now have an unbelievable big three and maybe not depth like the Clippers have depth, but enough depth that you can win in the postseason when you narrow it down to eight guys that you're playing or eight and a half guys that are getting the bulk of the minutes. I feel like the Suns, I and mean, we did this, we did this exercise a couple of weeks ago. We compared the third through seventh best player on this Suns roster compared to a year ago, compared to two years ago. There's no yes. doubt that compared to a year ago, right. they're way better. Way, way, way better. And you think even as good as they were. Two years ago, before they even made the Kevin Durant trade, if you look at guys three through seven. Yes. So maybe the Suns have had it all. I don't think this, it's the end of the big three either. I'm just, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, do the Clippers have a big three? Yeah, of course. Do the Celtics have a big three? Uh, yes. If you count Porzingis, sure. I, I, was, I would say Drew Holiday. Or Drew Holiday. Okay, I mean, they might I have just, big four. I think there's a lot of teams out there that have a big three that we don't really talk about a whole lot. You know, does Detroit have a big three? No. Um did Milwaukee have a big three when they won it? When they had Drew yeah, and course. Middleton and, they still and Giannis? Have a big three right now with, with Dame, Dame, Chris Middleton, and, and yeah, Giannis. I, I just think that there's a lot of teams that actually kind of have a big three. It may not be as... You can debate who's got the best of the big three, mm-hmm. but there seems to be a lot of teams out there that, to me kind of have a big three, and we just don't talk about them. Yeah. Every, you're always trying to get your – somebody's got a third best player. A lot of teams have two, right? A lot of teams have two. Jokic and Murray on Denver. Who's their third best player? Is it Aaron Gordon? For Denver? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably Gordon. Probably Gordon. really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like Aaron three. Gordon's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, so I, everybody has a third best player. Is Bradley Beal the best third player in the NBA? Now, again, it's big. we're talking big three, not big two. If you want to say Durant and Booker and compare them to everybody else's big two, that's a different story. We're talking about big three. Mm-hmm. If you take a look at every team out there, okay, Tatum, Brown, and who's your third? My third's Drew Holiday. Well, your third's Bradley Beal. I don't think they're that, like, they, they're kind of similar. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just a question of the willingness to pay for a big three. You know, the willingness to suffer the consequences of having a big three financially because it, it does, it, it really, it's, it's putting the handcuffs on in terms of some of the things you can do. And I, and I think there will always be, maybe not a lot, 
But I think there will always be owners who are willing to do that. I think there's always going to be a Matt Ishbia who says, yes, let's do it. There's always going to be a Steve Ballmer who says, yes, let's do it. A Joe Lacob in Golden State who says, yeah, absolutely. Damn the torpedoes. Let's, let's put a big three together and I'll figure out how to build a roster. Let's spend all of our money on these yeah. three guys. I, I think those owners, not every team is going to be like that, but I think there will always be at least a half dozen owners who are willing to do that because they're just so competitive. And one more quick point on Anytime a superstar is going to leave somewhere, like if Luka Doncic ends up leaving, leaving the Mavericks, he's not like, you know what? I really want to go. I'm really going to play for the Hawks. I want to go to Atlanta and play for. No, he's going to go somewhere with his other star players. Yeah, absolutely. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the Coyotes, another loss last night. It's 11 in a row now. Is there a fix in sight? We'll check in with their GM, Bill Armstrong. He'll join us for his weekly segment next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.